0: Well, good money to you all. Welcome to Radio Free Professional Wrestling. It is I, Sean, with my co-host Ashley. And this is a perfect week for you guys to join because we have a ton of stuff to debate. We're going to start off with the PWI Wound 250. We're going to talk about Bound for Glory. There might be another Will Ospreay Greatest Match of the Year candidate with Will Ospreay versus Speedball Mike Bailey. If you haven't seen this match... Go over to Impact's Twitter account. There's some highlights in there that are making me want to buy the pay-per-view. Ashley, I'm going to spend more money. Try to stop me.
1: <laughs> I can't because I I definitely want to check this out as well. I didn't quite have the uh, the extra funds to do it this weekend, but seeing all these reviews and already have been been
0: interested in checking it out. I can't wait to see some of these matches. Okay, Ashley. Here's the craziest thing. I was watching AEW Collision as this match was happening. At the very same moment, this match was happening on Bound for Glory. We were watching Andrade versus Brian Downson. So here's a dilemma for you, ladies and gentlemen. Do you pick the American Dragon versus Andrade, or do you flip over to Bound for Glory or what? Speedball, Matt Belly versus Will Ospreay? There's well, not a wrong answer. I
1: was going to say, there's no wrong answer here. If if that has to be like a, a consolation prize of, of not being able to watch Bound for Glory, I will uh, most certainly take it because we will definitely be talking about Danielson and Idolo a little later
0: on. I got a feeling that match is going to come up in the top five matches of the week. Now, the question is, is it on your list or is it on my list? So our opening little debate round here is about the PWI Pro Wrestling Illustrated Women's two hundred and fifty list. It came out this last week. And actually, I gotta say, the top twenty five look pretty dang solid. I mean, you can't go wrong with real ripley at number one, Bianca Belair at three, Jamie Hayter at four, Diana Perrazzo at seven, Will Nightingale at eight. So this list looks good on top. What do you think?
1: Yeah, some uh well deserving names up there. I mean you can't argue, I would say with the first, I would say like ten. I mean, maybe some people maybe rearrange like one or two here and there, but I think
0: all of them should be at least there. Yeah, that's a solid top 10. My first kind of questionable decision on this list is probably number 22. That's Ronda Rousley. And just for the simple fact that she was this there for a cup of coffee this summer.
1: Yeah, that's very high up for somebody who didn't, didn't do all that much at all this year and not, you know, to take away what she did, but she just wasn't around very long, like you said. Well,
0: you know, she's literally seven spaces above Becky Lynch. She's six spaces up against Cheetah, the current AEW Women's Champion, and five spaces above Mickey freaking James.
1: Yeah, okay, so that's that's not great, because all of those women, I would say, have had a hell of a year.
0: <laughs> oh, here's the one for you. Um, she's 14 spots better than Brick freaking Baker.
1: Oh no, not TMT.
0: So yeah, I mean, like that was my first kind of like, oh, that's interesting selection there for twenty two. Now it seems after, like more of a name presence than a um, you know. <laughs> exactly. Now they say that their criteria is this. Now they do the grading from July first, twenty twenty two, through July first, twenty twenty three. Okay, cool. And uh, it goes with championships one, quality of competition, major feuds. Promise within a wrestler's promotion and overall wrestling ability. I'd still argue you could move some of those women far, far ahead. I do so too. Now, Ashley, do you have anybody that you know that should have been on this list that wasn't on this list? Any egregious left off? Is there somebody you had in mind? I have somebody in mind, but if you have somebody, we'll let you go first. and I will get on my soapbox and lay down a sermon here. The
1: floor is yours, my friend.
0: Okay, so I saw this list come out. And I bought the online edition. I kind of went for it the first time. And a friend of the show is not on this list. So I thought, wait a minute. I overlooked this person. Allow me to go back and find to call for this 250 list of people and see if our friend is on this list. And she's not. And it bugs me. Okay, so I'm talking about me and Michelle Smith. I interviewed her about a year ago. She is a former German Wrestling Federation champion. She is currently holding seven titles in different promotions across Europe and Asia. Wow. Okay. She has had twenty-eight matches this year. Her record is twenty and eight. She has won over 70% of her matches this year. And she's not one of the top two hundred and fifty women wrestlers on the planet. Yeah, those are some kind of crazy credentials. (laughs) And with me going back quickly through this list, she has Two victories over two people on the freaking list. Yeah, seems to be a little overlooked then, I would say. Well, you know, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, I'm hoping the 2024 list kind of has me and Michelle Smith on it because, damn, her 2023 year was amazing and I don't think she's going to slow down anytime soon. Well, I hope not because she sounds to be killing it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put into the show notes a series of matches links for some of her matches so you guys can go see who I'm talking about. And I will also put her socials in our show notes so you guys can go follow Brenda's show and see if we can drum with some support for her. <laughs> so, with that being said, Ashley, I'm going over to the control center before I lose my freaking lid here. Okay.
2: This is your Radio Free Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to know.
0: So, my first news story for you. Literally, about 25 hours ago, as Battle for Glory is going off the air, they aired a really cool video package. And at the end of it, we see The Walking Weapon open the box to restore TNA, total, non-stop action. As Sports has let it be known in 2024, they're rebranding Impact Wrestling back to TNA. Actually, we're crossing the line.
1: (laughs) It seems to be a good move from everything I've seen. There's a lot of uh, the buzz about it. So there's a lot of nostalgia here. I think this is awesome, honestly.
0: (laughs) You know, as a person who watched TNA from about 2004 on to about 2015 or so, I had my moments where I'm like, I don't know if this is a good idea, but I went on Twitter, we did a poll, and 100% of those who responded to my poll said they want their total nonstop action. So, you know what? I'll jump on board here.
1: Yeah, I, there's a lot of buzz. I mean, that, that that announcement video has over 2 million views already on Twitter alone.
0: It's insane. I mean, it's a great hype video. And I think it might be the perfect time. I think there might be just enough of a gap from what we remember as bad TNA. And we know what it was. That was like the Hulk, Cohen Eric Bischoff era there. Yes. So like 2010 through about 2014, 2015. Then the questionable DC Carter, oh, Mr. Russo, you can work for us behind um, Spike TV's back from the house. Uh, wait a minute. You just CC'd yourself or somebody CC'd you to Spike TV. They found out yep. When our contract. Uh, I hope it shows that the channel there that they
1: work with is, like, investing in them and, and, and in this for the long term to be doing. This is something that's, like, a big, it's getting a lot of attention, and it'll finally get that roster that
0: they have of insanely talented young people over there some eyes, you know? Well, it seems like Anthem is really getting behind it. Anthem owns the company, now TNA. They also own the network that TNA is on, so there's a solid base for this company. And this is the last year, they have been knocking it out of the park as a lot of people have slept on Impact Wrestling, and I have been one of them. I haven't kept up that much with Impact Wrestling, but I'm going to do my New Year's resolution now. I'm going to do my best to bring some more Impact Wrestling talk onto this show, and I'm going to watch some more Impact Wrestling.
1: Yeah, I think same. I, I, I kind of go into phases where I, I watch it for a few months, and then I drop off, and then I watch it for a few months, and then I drop off, but there's a lot of buzz, and Like I said, that that roster over there is just insane.
0: It is. It's probably the most talented roster they have had since about 2007
1: to 2009. Yeah, I would agree.
0: And that, to to me personally, 2007 to 2009 was like the golden age of I mean, you're talking about Christian Cage, Kurt Angle, Smella Joe, AJ Styles, Fear Money, Marcy Machine Guns. What a time. What a time. (laughs) Let me tell you. Okay, second story for us this week, Ashley. As we found out on Wednesday on AEW Dynamite, coming up this January or February, whenever AEW has revolution, the icon Sting is going to have his final match. Are we ready to say goodbye to Sting? No.
1: (laughs) Even knowing that Sting was making an announcement and that this was more than likely the announcement still did not help. It, like, hurt any less.
0: <laughs> you know, <laughs> i For a few months. True. I'm happy we haven't until Revolution. But going into AEW Dynamite, I was hoping this wasn't the announcement, even though been back in my mind. I thought, yeah, this is the announcement. Later on in the show, we're going to try to pick who should be the person to face Sting in that match. And I got some ideas. They might be a little crazy, actually, but we'll talk through it. Okay. Okay. So our third news story if you happen to watch Bound for Glory on Saturday night, you might have noticed that when Matt Cardona made a return to Impact Wrestling. Now, according to Fightful, this was a one-night-only deal as Matt Cardona hasn't signed another deal with Impact Wrestling as he's enjoying his round-the-world independent lifestyle right now and he's probably one of the top five professional wrestlers right now in the moment doing his own thing.
1: Yeah, he's been killing it all over the place, so he kind of doesn't really seem to want to be in one place at the moment.
0: You know, he's showing that you don't need to be in AEW or WWE to make a killing, and this guy has gone out, rebuilt himself from Zack Ryder being pushed off of a stage by Kane into the any wrestling god that is Mac freaking Cardona.
1: Yeah, and... Maybe he likes the freedom of, you know, just being able to work wherever, whenever, and whoever he will.
0: True. And we're just going to wish Matt Grudon all the best as he's collecting paycheck ever, paycheck ever, paycheck. And absolutely killing it. Okay, so my final news story this week, we have somebody else entering the world of wrestling podcasts. And actually, I feel like we're going to be outgunned from the start because <laughs> me and Mark Callis, better known as the WWE Undertaker, has announced that he's doing a podcast called Six Feet Under. He already set up a Patreon page for this podcast where you can pay $6 a month to get the episode a couple days earlier. Actually, I've got to start budgeting some more money. I might want to listen to at least a couple episodes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, sounds a little interesting. From a guy who um, has always kept everything personal like very personal um he's never really been one to tell anything out of school so to say so it'd be interesting to hear what he has to say with all these old stories that he's he's talking about bringing up
0: yeah i wonder if he's gonna make this more like his one-man show he's been doing for a while and he's just gonna do it in a podcast form now personally, i don't care it's the undertaker i want to at least listen to a couple of episodes just to see what it's about yeah and that has been your radio free professional wrestling control center For October 23rd, 2023 here on Radio Free Professional Wrestling Ashley, let's slide over to our stunning six freaking questions of the week Okay, I'm ready
2: Time to ring the bell as Sean and Ashley debate six stunning questions from the week of wrestling All the whys and what the hell was that?
0: Okay, so in our opening, we kind of mentioned that Impact Wrestling and Anthem have made a decision to rebrand themselves back to Total Nonstop Action TNA. Ashley, is this a smart move, or should TNA stay in the past like All Internet?
1: No, I I think this is kind of a smart move. Like I said, a lot of a lot of buzz around this right now, and with the roster they have, bring eyes to this with this huge announcement. Get eyes on this this young, talented roster. Kind of maybe catching on that nostalgia bit a little bit. It's it's working. Like, people are excited. They want to see it back. And it's generating a lot of interest.
0: Coming off of Wonder More, successful Bound for Glory in a few years, I feel like this is probably the perfect time to hit everything while the iron's hot. And why not kick in a little dose of nostalgia as you have that voice at the end of that promo package to go, this is TNA. And I gotta admit, Ashley, when I heard that voice, I kind of popped.
1: Right? See? So it already seems like a good idea.
0: I know. The more I sit here and talk to you about it, I kind of buy myself into going, hey, okay, I'm on Team TNA now. Okay, so let's slide over to our second stunning question. Now, if you were able to watch some Mighty Night Raw this past week, yet again, another solid show by WWE on Monday Night, and a main event, yet again, a good main event, it's the Universal Tag Team Championship match between Judgment Day, Jay Uso and Cody Rhodes, and great match. Kind of, oh, they got to do this finish to get the titles off of Cody and Jay. When you see Jimmy come down and cost them the titles, and I feel like Ashley, is it a little too soon. We just got to see Cody and Jay on SmackDown last week. What are we going to do now? Um,
1: I'm not sure. I, I never really. Think it's ever too soon to take the titles off of a tag team that's like that? You have a lot of talented actual tag teams, you know. So when they put it on two more singles wrestlers or two people who don't normally tag together, I feel like it's not my favorite. So I do kind of like them moving from it. Um, they can still have each other's back. They're both still over, and they're both still going to, you know, be
0: be doing something big from here on. Well, if you watch this last Friday night episode of SmackDown. Jey Uso returned the favor as he snuck onto SmackDown and Superkick Jimmy Uso, and it cost him $10,000 thanks to new SmackDown General Manager Nick Aldis. Well,
1: payback. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you taking that, that championship payday, you gonna lose that bonus, for sure. Well, the funny thing is, we also saw Adam Pearce on that episode of SmackDown, and Nick Wallace kicked the general manager of Raw off of SmackDown. So I got a feeling that we're heading to War Games at Survivor Series. Instead of being Judgment Day versus the Bud line, it's going to be SmackDown versus Raw inside of War Games.
1: Yeah, they they love their brand of warfare. So makes sense. And doing a War Games uh, match for it would definitely be an interesting interesting way to go about it.
0: And who knows, you can have JB be the capital one team, you have Jimmy to the capital the other team, and we just continue the storyline.
1: Yeah, yeah, it would be a nice way to interconnect everything and still have something coming out of it to go back to.
0: Well, we're going to stay on this WWE theme for studying question number three. As we found out on Friday Night Smackdown, that handing into Crown Jewel was is less than two weeks away, LA Night has a date with Destiny as he's going to challenge Roman Reigns for the World Championship. Ashley, is this too soon for LA night?
1: I'll be honest, I don't see them pulling the trigger. It would be a hell of a way to push this guy who's done nothing but be consistently over, but I don't see them pulling the trigger here. Like you said, I think it might be too soon. I don't know if they have him lose and maybe down the road do it, or if they go back to somebody who's already been interlinked with Roman and, and kind of been there and failed.
0: But I don't I don't know who their end game would be now. Well, I gotta think about this over the last forty eight hours and I don't want to see LA Knight win this title, only to see Roman Reigns somehow, some way get an automatic rematch for it and LA Knight is a transitional champion batch of Bachelor Roman Reigns. No thank you. Don't want that whatsoever. What I want is LA Knight to win this freaking title. And have it for a while. Maybe to WrestleMania. And instead of Roman versus Cody for the title. It's Cody versus LA Knight. That could work. Yeah, it could work. But I'm kind of on board with you, Ashley. I feel like there's going to be some bloodline synaginance on this. Some bloodline interference. And just like Triple H would say, is this the beginning of the story? Because the story never ends in a WWE. (laughs) Stunning question number four, Ashley. Is Brian Dalison, the American Dragon, making a case for somebody besides Will freaking Osprey to be the male wrestler of 2023?
1: I have some notes regarding all the questions that um that we were going to discuss tonight, and all of them are about three four sentences. And this is mine for that question. It just says yes. <laughs> <laughs> this run is absolutely just incredible. I just feel honored to
0: watch. You know, I never thought I needed to see Andrade versus Brian Dallason until about three minutes into the match. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, this is one of my favorite matches of the year. Now, I'm still kind of in Camp Osprey. It's going to take me just a little bit more from the American Dragon. But come December, when we roll around to our Winston Wards for 2023, it's going to be an interesting decision for the mill wrestler of the year because I feel like there's two options the American Dragon and Will Ospreay.
1: Yeah. I I I understand Osprey. He's he's still got all these crazy wins, you know, Jericho um uh, uh Omega. The the voting is going to be tough at the end of the year, like you said.
0: It's there's so much good wrestling this year. You know, all we need is for Will Ospreay and Brian Danson to have one match. That's all I ask before the end of twenty twenty three. Tony, come on.
1: Come on, you're just throwing... You're throwing Kazuchika Okada on a Wednesday. Come on. Throw this on a collision.
0: Yes, collision. Not <laughs> Rampage. Right collision. Ashley, stunning question number five. On AEW Collision this past Saturday, we saw the gentleman in all black with a double match yet again on TV about 30 seconds after Switchblade won his match on Collision. Do you have any ideas who this gentleman is by chance? I feel like I'm... I'm- I'm missing someone.
1: (laughs) I'm not not exactly sure. I've seen a couple of names thrown out there on social media. Some of them have made sense. Some of them have made no sense at all.
0: (laughs) Well, let me do my first guess for you. My first guess is Warload. As we saw on AEW Dynamite, he came out, had a match for about 30 seconds with Nick Namath. Powerbound one time, game over. Tony Schiavone comes into the ring and asks what Warlord's up to. Warlock shows the wrist tape that has MJF initials on it and pushes Tony Schiavone to the ground. Could this be the gentleman behind the mask?
1: It could be. And um, automatic, worst bad guy on the roster, do not touch Tony Schiavone.
0: <laughs> okay, so my only problem with this is I feel like Warlock is a better baby face than a heel. I feel like the crowd wants to cheer this gentleman and I don't know if he's going to be the right person underneath the mask if this is true.
1: I'm not sure either, but I feel like Wardlow has been in flux for the past couple of months and then being taken off TV. I feel like maybe they're just trying to repackage him with something. I'm willing to see where it
0: goes with him being a heel. Okay, so I had somebody on Twitter tweet me as I asked this question, and I laid out my theory for Wardlow. Naomi replied to me on Rail Free PW, and she suggested that Gentleman behind the mask is one Matt Caster. That's one way to get MJF to notice him. You know what? Once she said it, and I started looking at her reasons behind it and his interactions with Matt over the last couple of months and how he's kind of being kind of passive aggressive, trying like, hey, buddy, I want to be friends. Let's be friends. I can see this. And it would be kind of interesting to turn the acclaimed heel.
1: Yeah. Kind of turning him back to how they started. I wouldn't mind seeing a heel acclaimed run. I feel like they're still getting big pops, but I feel like the momentum has de- gone down a little bit, so maybe a change of pace would help bring them back.
0: Okay, so my other theory for you. Back on Saturday, when we saw this package with the gentleman with the mask on, it kind of flittered in and out on the TV. Is that there's a hint that it might be semi-counterhand by chance?
1: That was another name I saw getting thrown around on social media today, and him being spotted backstage past week at Dynamite. If they've signed him, that's a that's a hell of a
0: way to introduce him. Yeah, I feel like it'd be a interesting way to introduce Sammy Callahan to the AEW audience, and he could be a leader of a new faction on AEW TV if we're not thinking that this is Roderick Strong or Adam Cole underneath this mess. Also, some names I've seen thrown around as well there, yeah. But I gotta admit, this is a better use of the Mystery Attacker than Samoa Joe and the Ninjas and the Dark Scorpion.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we had some, like, uh, interesting, like, kind of, like, thread throughs on on Collision and stuff this week regarding
0: that, and the stuff with House of Black, so. Well, you know, we'll get to the House of Black, because they had one hell of a sturdy night. Yeah, yeah, we'll also get to that later. Okay, Ashley, sixth and final stunning question of the week. We are two days away from Sheeta versus Ruby Soho for the AEW Women's World title. Is it too soon to take this off of Sheeta? Yes. See see that's my theory. I'm like, I love the fact that Ruby Soho has this match. At the same time, I kinda of afraid that they're thinking about taking the title off with of Sheeta. And I just want her I don't want Sheeta done dirty. We need a longer Sheeta run here. And yes, Ruby Soho will be a AEW women's champion one day, but it's not gonna be this Wednesday on Dynamite.
1: No. Um you can't do this to Sheeta again. Um you you just did this, so you gave her a big moment. And two weeks later, she dropped the title. You can't do that twice to her. She's more than capable. And we will be talking about Sheeta when we talk about our top five matches this week, for sure. Uh, sh- I want her in something where she is on TV. I want her in a feud. I want this, I want her to be represented more.
0: You know, it's interesting because you have the AEW women's title around Sheeta, and she has less TV time than Brit freaking Baker. She has less
1: TV time than than quite a few of the women lately, and there's no reason for it. She she has done so much to prove herself and to, to work on her promos, and she's already been just amazing in ring. Put her in something meaningful. That's it. put it, it like have this start have this match with Ruby Soho start something
0: between them long term. Well, you know they could have started a feud with the lady she faced on Wednesday night on Dynamite when Amy as she had one hell of a freaking match as a AEW Women's Eliminator match between her and Shida. And for a moment there, I thought they were going to give the victory over to Amy so we have a second match with them, maybe feuding for this title, but nope.
1: No, and it was so good. That match was crazy. The near falls at the end of that match were insane. And it's, it's why you can't do that to Shida again. <laughs> like, you have to have her
0: do something meaningful with this title well if they take the title off of Sheeta, i will personally drive down to wherever Sheeta is and deliver her right to triple h in wwe
1: <laughs> i mean you you took the t- you put the title on her you put the title on soraya two weeks later you didn't do anything with soraya really as champion and then you put the belt right back on Sheeta.
0: <laughs> see that's my fear they've been hot potatoing this title around so much that it's kind of lost a little luster here and I feel like maybe now the TBS title is actually the more higher perceived title than the actual AEW Women's World Title.
1: It's definitely the more well like represented. Like Chris Statlander is in been in something long term. She's been she has like a storyline going. She has consistent matches every week defending the TBS title against any and all challengers. And we haven't really settled down with the women's championship since Jamie Hader got her.
0: True. And I feel like they've just been trying to figure out who to put the title on. And oh, hey, we have London coming up. So yes, we're going to put it on Soraya, which I was perfectly fine with. And I was happy that Soraya was champion for a while. But they didn't do anything with her with the title. So why give her the title in the first place? Why couldn't she that just keep on defending for December? Exactly. And that's why now
1: she has it back. Just keep it on her for now and let her carry this division for a while.
0: Exactly. and. You know what? Maybe one day when Fonda Rosa gets cleared and she's back on TV, have Fonda Rosa versus Sheeta. We need this match.
1: Right. I mean, you have a lot of up-and-coming women who are just progressing at a crazy pace right now. You have Julia Black, (laughs) Julia Hart, you have Sky Blue, you have Willow Nightingale, and all these women are going to be champions sooner rather than later. And don't you forget
0: RLH World Women's Champion, Athena. Exactly. I mean, please. Please put Athena on my television. Well, this is going to end our study six questions for this week on Ready Free Professional Wrestling. We are heading over to our top five matches of the week.
2: It's Sean and Ashley's top five matches of the week. As they count down their five favorite matches from the past week, did your favorite match make the cut?
0: Ashley, lead us off, please. Okay, so...
1: Again, I will preface my top five with saying I have not yet seen Bound for Glory. <laughs> I have a lot of Lucha Libre in my list this week. And Ring of Honor, I'm going to start off with. Um, Commander versus Metalik.
0: Ooh, that sounds interesting Despite by the names. Do please. Oh, just
1: high-flying, Lucha Libre, um, Metalik showing out, Commander uh, continuing to just show off with the craziest offense. I really enjoyed it. It's not the longest of matches. But it's it's fast paced and both guys look good. I think.
0: Well, you know, I need to go back and watch that match. I did miss this week's episode of Rain of Otter, but that match might just lead me to do it after we get done putting the show up here on Monday morning. Okay, so my number five, my number five match of the week. Some of you people are going to say that I'm just really, really biased, and I might be the reincarnation of Bobby DeBraine Heenan in here. But allow me to do this. It's a friend of the show, Ariana Grace, as last week on Tuesday night, NXT, it's the breakout tournament. Ariana Grace, one year to the day she had surgery on her ACL, she was able to advance to the semifinals of the NXT breakout tournament. And the only person that was probably more shocked that she won besides her was me. The moment she won, I just freaking jumped off my bed like, thank you. They finally decided to give AG some screen time. Awesome. <laughs> now, for you who don't know, Ariana Grace is the daughter of Santino Marella, Bianca Corelli. And we did an interview with her two years ago. I went to Twitter after this match. Bully Ray tweeted her and said, Bravo, right there. Bully Ray, who actually is the tag team partner to Devon Dudley, who was one of the trainers for Ariana Grace. Hey, that's awesome. So, yes, if you didn't see last week's episode of NST... Go check out Ariana having her quarterfinal match. It's about five to six minutes. And it's another good episode of NFC for the ladies. As we saw four matches in a row again featuring women talent. They seem to be killing it with that ratio. They seem so. And we'll get to Halloween Habit Night 1 coming up here. And it's going to be dominated by the women again. So Ashley, what is your number four match of the week? All right. So, my number four
1: match is again another Ring of Honor match. I, I just watched Ring of Honor uh, today. So, that might be my recency bias. But I want to talk about somebody who I think is very underrated. Um, and Helico took on Gravity to start off the show. And Helico is phenomenal. He is so smooth in the ring. Tony Khan, bring in Zack Sabre Jr. on a random Wednesday and have him take on Helico.
0: Yes, please on Wednesday, not on a random AEW pay per view that you're going to charge me $50 for, please. Thank you. I would love... Too just lanky,
1: just submission-based. I would love it. Give me a match with him and Danielson. Put that on a collision.
0: My word, those are two good matches right there. I've been liking this guy, this Lucha Underground. This dude is 7Ls. He's so underrated,
1: and he took on Bandito's younger brother, Gravity, and um, they're just... I I know they've announced that Helico will be taking on Eddie Kingston at some point in the future,
0: so... Uh, just a solid match to build toward him having that. That's a nice number four pick. So my number four match of the week, I'm going to go to Saturday Night. It was a bit of a cluster beep, but I'll pick the Memphis Street Fight, Jeff Jarrett versus Eddie Kingston. For what it was, it was entertaining. Yes.
1: Yes. The match itself, you can't go wrong with a, a match like that. It's It's always fun. It's leading to a match we knew we were going to get, though. That's my only problem with it. Otherwise, like you said, fun. <laughs> well,
0: you know, you could possibly put the ROH title onto Jeff Jarrett, which would be kind of entertaining in 2023, Or we can have Jeff be the Sacrificial lamb until we get to Jay Lethal versus Andy Kingston. And I feel like that's where we're going. I feel like that's where the way they might think they do. Okay, so what is your number three match of the week? Alright, this is where it's it hard to put them in order.
1: <laughs> Alright, so I'll put, just just know I loved all of these matches. Uh, Mystico Rocky Romero, Rampage.
0: <laughs> oh my word, that was one hell of a match. It was two out of three falls, and I'll go ahead and say this now, Ashley, it's my number three match as well this week.
1: Oh, okay, cool. So we have it at the same ranking. Yes. A, a, a fantastic way to start this seemingly, uh, seemingly new partnership between CMLL and AEW.
0: You know, it's Interesting, because a lot of people are wondering if this is singly the end of their relationship with Triple A, but maybe not. Maybe Tony can sweet-top both of, of the major promotions in Mexico to work with him, and if he can, that's a, that's a, number, a bigger inclusion, a bigger pool of talent that he can draw from, and getting to see on AEW TV gives him an avenue to expand into North America.
1: Yeah, and they both seem extremely happy with how everything was done. The MLL put out a a, a statement basically saying that they they enjoyed working with them and there seems to be maybe a, an opening for, you know, continued partnership in the future.
0: Exactly. And more Missico on TV. Yes, please. And thank God he's away from WWE and we don't have to worry about the strange license and Kara.
1: Yeah. <laughs> kind of best forgotten about because that was a, a pretty good uh way to like I said, kind of re
0: re kind of rebrand yourself, I guess, you know, out here out here. Yeah, I feel like this given had a I basically feel like he got his legs taken out from, from the start of his WWE run just with how they presented Sankara, And it looked cool for a couple of weeks, then they kind of just went, Oh, we got a new toy. We don't need Sankara anymore. We'll just make him a jobber. Kind of like if you watch this past Friday episode of SmackDown. Dragon Lee and Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes was one of the hottest things at NST like a year ago. He is a basic jobber on SmackDown now. That sucks. I too. He was like huge all over the place. Yes, I know. And that is something else I want to beat the table here with about. We'll talk about it next week on the show. But Ashley, what is your number two match of the week?
1: Okay. So, number two, the ladies on Dynamite this week, Sheeta and Emmy. Oh, they killed it. Crazy near falls at the end. Emmy looks fantastic whenever she's given the opportunity to go out there. And a great showing for Sheeta's first defense on this second title, well third title reign, technically. And hopefully the start of something long term for She does
0: Yes. If you haven't seen this match from last week's episode of AW Dynamite, you need to go hunt this match out. It was at the top of the 9 o'clock hour if I remember right. And they gave him plenty of time for this match. And there's a few spots in there where I thought, maybe Emmy's gonna win it because she blocked the Katana the first time. And I thought, okay, she so blocked this. She she's finished finisher. They're gonna let Emmy have the win here. We're gonna have a replay of this match in a few weeks for the title. And that's where she gets the win. That would have been a great story to tell, but they went down the other road.
1: Yeah. Like you said, and and there's so much like natural like kind of stuff in there with with Emmy training Sheeta and stuff like that. So you have a lot of like natural history to draw upon with them. So it would have been cool to see them kind of do something long-term with them. True. And
0: I feel like AEW still owes Emmy just a little bit for not having her on the card in London. That is a fact. Okay, so my number two match of the week, we're going back to WWE Raw. It's the Intercontinental title match. It's Gunther versus Bronx and Raid. And it was everything you thought it would be. It's two freaking hosses. You have finally found somebody who physically looks like they can take Gunfer on in a fight and have a fighting chance. Finally, you see somebody that Gunfer can't chop into a million pieces. Now, granted, Gunfer still won the match clean. So I don't know where we go now with Bronson Reed. I hope we get another match with these guys down the road. But for that evening, that was a fun freaking hoss fight.
1: Yeah, you can't go wrong with a fight like that. Um, if, if the past few weeks have proven anything, we the people, we love hoss fights.
0: <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter if it's um, Hobbs versus Miro or Gunford versus Bronson Reed. Just give us two freaking hosses and just put them together.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Okay, Ashley, we're at the top of the mountain here. What is your number one match of the week? I think it's probably a given.
1: Um, <laughs> Brian Danielson, Andrade El Idolo. Just every week. He just he just goes out there and does this for free. He's not you
0: He know this is the, the gift. He is the gift that keeps on giving here as he's making this march to the end of his last year, supposedly last year. Maybe somebody could talk him to staying a bit longer because Mandy's matches are so freaking good.
1: Oh, so good. And and like you said, it it was kind of like a match that like I didn't know I needed that match, but then it got announced and I was like, Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, I need that match. And then I feel like you could pretty much announce anybody versus Danielson at this point. It's almost like that because it's going to be good regardless.
0: True. Now, the only thing I didn't like about this is the fact that Tony has been using this dream match phrase over and over and over. Yeah. I'm like, uh, it's a little ahead of himself sometimes. I can use Tony just to tone it down just a little bit, save that title for another match. Maybe if you already had this match the first time and you're going back to this as a rematch. You can throw this in, oh, hey, here's a dream rematch, because we've seen the first one, and now we're climbing for the second. Right.
1: I mean, can't go wrong with it. I I go out of your way to watch this one. Plus, developments after the match are leading to, hopefully, another match that I didn't know
0: I needed, but now I need. Hey, I'm ready to see a 5v5 Blackpool Combat Club FTR versus the House of Black and whoever they find. Yeah, please sign me up. Yeah, yeah, take my money, Tony.
1: Yeah, I kind of thought it would have been um, Ricky and Big Bill after that match, but uh, House of Black kind of left Ricky high and dry.
0: Okay, so here's my analogy for this. I really feel like in this, Malachi Black is Megatron, and Ricky's starting with Starstream. So we have both bad guys out in the ring. They're talking to each other. And Ricky starts is trying to be the leader here. And he walks back down to the ring, gets in on the top rope, and he thinks everybody's following them. He gets into the ring, and Malcolm is like, um, Guys, our rental is double parked. We need to go, but we got to go. Bye. Then Ricky starts has this look on his face like, Oh, I F up. <laughs> and, and he did because he got laid up.
1: <laughs>
0: so, yeah, I mean, like, Ricky starts. Personally, I feel like they've been beating him down just a little bit too much for my lightning. That's why I say he's kind of like Starstream because if you watch Transformers, the original cartoon, Starstream is always getting his butt kicked during the episodes. So it kind of made the first analogy to me. And me, so my, me, showing my age here too since I'm referencing something from 1984. Okay, So, so my number one match of the week is a match that I haven't seen completely yet because I was watching Brian Dallason versus Andrade. But on Twitter, I saw the highlights of Will Osprey versus Mike Speedball Belly, and seeing Belly run towards Osprey and Osprey nailing one of the sickest hidden blades ever. Yeah, I saw that. Then that. Oh, hey, since we're talking about TNA now, here's Will Osprey breaking out a Styles Clash. I'm like, oh, great. Yeah, this is a match I need to check out. Actually, from those two highlights. I was debating where not to go and spend the money to buy Bound for Gory at re- the replay. Definitely makes me want to.
1: So I I know that this, this buzz with the name change, with this this
0: great pay-per-view they've had, I know they're going to bring in some more fans. And oh, by the way, they're recording Will Osprey versus Josh Al-Zetter to, on Sunday as we're recording on Sunday night. Just another match of the year candidate coming down the pipe here for us. It's just just a weekly occurrence no it's crazy well, ladies and gentlemen that has been your top five matches of the week here on ready professional wrestling one final segment here as we get you ready for this week in professional wrestling
2: what's on tap ashley and sean give you their choices for what you can't miss this coming week in pro wrestling action
0: Okay, actually we're going to play a little game here for our last segment of the week. As I run down what is coming down the pipe for us, and you tell me whether you're interested or not interested? Okay. I want to start with Monday Night Raw, as okay. we have the card announced as this. We get Drew McIntyre versus Sami Zayn. Sammy we get a NST Women's Championship match. Becky Lynch versus Annie Hartwell. The New Day versus the Alpha Academy. Jay Uso versus Damian Priest. Johnny Gangaro versus... Giovanni Vinci. Logan Paul is supposed to return to Money at Raw. Don't know why he's going to be doing there. Probably missed TV, probably. And the Judgment Day are going to celebrate their tag team title with anything on Raw that sounds interesting to you. I said Drew McIntyre versus Sami Zayn. I think that's going to be the main event, hopefully, on this card. And out of all of what I read, it's probably the one match that I want to see the most. The other match I wanted to see probably is going to be Johnny Gargano versus Vinci. Just as we continue the feud here between Imperium and Champa and Johnny Gargaro, D- DIY.
1: Yeah. I mean, hopefully they can get him going a little more. We've kind of, kind of feel like we've lost away with him for a while. So getting him back on TV, getting him back with his old partner, getting
0: him out in matches, this is what we need to be doing. I really feel like they dropped the ball with Johnny Gargaro when they didn't do this return back in Cleveland when they first had it planned, and Vince McMahon decided to go, no, 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 we don't want to do that. We want to do something else. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go over to night one of NST Halloween Habit because this card is freaking loaded. For me personally, I feel like this is going to be a heck of a night. We have Becky Lynch versus Lyra Vicuria in a NST Women's Championship match. So... I'm assuming that she's going to beat any Hartwell the night before so she can have this match with Lyra Victoria. We have The Family versus Chase U for the NXT Tag Team Championship. That's two babyface tag teams going against each other. And I feel like Chase U might come up with this a little bit short. Then here's the match that I wanted to see. One of the matches that I wanted to see. It's Blair Davenport versus Gigi Dolan in a Lights Out match. Okay. We got Braun Breaker versus Mr. Stone. As Mister Stone is defending to honor a Bond Rider, who we saw get destroyed by Braun Breaker about a month ago, with a steel steps to the head, and then we have Bianca Curly in her semifinal match. Hopefully, she can go two for two as we get her to night two in the finals of the Breakout Tournament. So I'm going to double down. And the other match we have for night one, how we have it, is going to be Ross and Perez versus Kiana James and a double playground match. So Ashley. Are you going to watch NSC on Tuesday night? I guess some matches in there I want to check out. Dolan versus Davenport is something I want to see. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, this is going to be a heck of a match. Give them some time. I feel like it could steal the night. Ashley, we're going over to your show, AEW Dynamite. As we already know, the opening match is going to be for the Diamond Ring as MJF faces Juice Robson to kick off the show.
1: Yeah, and I don't... I don't I I don't know how long this is gonna last. <laughs> I feel like uh MJF is gonna and a go off on Juice Robinson.
0: Yeah, I just hope the the bullet cup gold is there green because I feel like Juice is gonna need some support by the end of this match and it might be short and sweet and simple. I think that would be for the maybe for the best. Okay. Uh, we it should be a fine opener. Honestly, before they announce it as the opening match, I thought it would be the main event. But hey, yeah. go ahead. Starting to show hot, I guess. I wonder if that means we'll be getting some uh, some developments on who's under the mask. That's a good possibility, actually. They might continue that storyline just a little bit. We also have the RLH six-man tag team title match as we have the Elite, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, and Heyman Adam Page versus Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy, and Butter Zane. That should be a fun match.
1: Yes, and I'm excited to see them defending the the titles. Um, It feels like it's been a little bit since they... You've had to last defend them. You know, Hangman just took the loss to Swerve. Let's get him back doing this until the eventual rematch.
0: True. Okay, we also have Rob Van Dam and Hook in tag team action. We don't know who they're going to be facing, but hey, RVD and Hook, yeah, sign me up. I actually do know who they're facing. Okay, so who they're facing? Tell me, Ashley. It's Silver and Reynolds. Okay, yeah, sign me up. Yes, I checkmarked this. This is going to be fun.
1: Yes, I think so, too. Um, I, I kind of like this a little bit. You know, they're not they're not getting any wins, but they're being featured a little more, and I like that. Um, I kind of miss Stu being with them, though.
0: He feels out of place with the righteous. I feel like they need to slide him back over to the Dark quarter. Agreed. And Tony Khan has a special gift for Sting, and I don't know what it's going to be, but personally for me, I'd be like, hey, Sting, here's another year contract. Please stay. <laughs> I have no idea what this is going to be. I, mean, I
1: feel like it's going to be very wild, though.
0: You know, it may be something that leads us down the road to figure out who is going to be the person that defeats Sting, or the person that faced Sting after his last match.
1: Yeah, I'm genuinely curious as to who they're going to pick. I mean,
0: the obvious answer, I guess, would be Darby, but I feel like there's quite a few options. True. Now, personally, I feel like I would pick either MGF or I would pick Nick Wayne. I want to get somebody young, and somebody who could take this victory from Sting, like Sting got his first victory from Ric Flair, and that launches him into their career, making him bigger than what they are now.
1: And possibly so, with how much he was like referencing, you know, like all of what Nature Boy did
0: for him. So I could see him doing very much something similar. Or it could be like Powerhouse Hobbs. It could be Brian Cage. Ooh, Brian Cage, that'd be fun again. Just somebody who could use a solid marquee victory on their ledger.
1: Oh, Brian Cage, too, because they have a lot of history, too, that they could kind of call back to. Um, and they even have, like, Brian Cage has, like, in the past, like, even done, like, the face paint and stuff like Sting, so I could see something like that.
0: Yeah, that's why I feel like. Now, granted, we have, like, a couple months to figure out who we wanted to see Sting face, and they'll probably will make it a slow burn, and we're probably going to have to look underneath a lot of haystacks to find this needle. So, Ashley, where can we find you on the Super Information super highway? so we can see all your amazing wrestling tapes and your live tweeting during most AEW TV shows.
1: I am on Twitter. It's at Groovy underscore Ash underscore.
0: And you can always follow this show on Twitter at Radio Free PW. You can always go over to com to catch up on the past episodes. And until we see you next Monday for yet another episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling, just remember... This is our groovy and stunning era. Gunza!
2: Christina here. On behalf of the guys, thanks for listening. Like the show? Do us a favor and share it with a friend. Have a stunning question? Email it to the show at RadioFreeProWrestling at gmail.com. Until next time, this has been Radio Free Pro Wrestling. Stay stunningly.